Hey everyone, welcome to Librarians Assemble, your premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics. I'm Josh Stone, and uh, guess what we're talking about today? That's right, we're talking about more X-Men. So, the past two episodes were all about the X-Men movie that just came out and the X-Men animated show. I was joined by Renata. We had some lively discussions, um, but now we're going to turn our attention back to comic books. So today I am joined by Angel. She is off of maternity leave and back with us once again. But before we get to that, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping, if you will. Please follow the podcast. We're at Assemble Podcast on Twitter. On Facebook, just type in Librarians Assemble in Facebook and you'll find us. The website is librariansassemble.com. I realize I'm a few episodes behind on the show notes. I apologize. Luckily, the past few shows, though, haven't been heavy with book recommendations, so that should take care of that problem. And most importantly, what I really want to say is please, 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 if you enjoy the show, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen if you don't listen on iTunes. It really, really does help the show, especially on iTunes. It really helps get the show some exposure, move up any little charts. You know, any little bump will help. So in order to, you know, encourage you, if you will, to to rate, review, and subscribe, if you review and rate the show on iTunes, and if you do it somewhere else, please just let me know. I don't, I don't always check everything that's not iTunes. It's easier to check the iTunes one. Um, if you if you do leave a review, I will send out some prizes. Um, my family is moving. We are moving into a new place. And so I am cleaning house and getting rid of stuff. And I have a lot of comic book related stuff that I don't want to bring with me and I want to give to you. It's all in great condition. Everything from graphic novels to just single issue comics to little, little toys and, and whatnot. So if you leave a review, I will send you a prize. And I'll also read it on the podcast. So there's that. So please, again, take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen, preferably on iTunes. I don't care if you listen on iTunes, but it is the largest podcast directory out there. So that is what helps the show the most. If you listen to the show directly on the webpage, more power to you. I don't know who does that these days. But you can also leave comments and whatnot on the episodes on the webpage. So that would be nice too. If you want to get in touch with me, ask me any questions, tell me you've left a review and I'm not giving you due credit, you can reach me at librariansassemble at gmail.com. All right, that's all of that. So let's review. We're going to do it in two parts because it's a very long series. So let's do part one of the Age of Apocalypse series from Marvel Comics. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome to part two of the X-Men Extravaganza. So, last episode, I was joined by Renata and we talked a lot about the 90s animated X-Men series. Today, I am joined by returning co-host, back from maternity leave, the one, the only Angel. How goes it, Angel? Hello, hello. I am uh, running on coffee and adrenaline at the moment. Uh... Five-week-old babies are no joke. <laughs> they, they are nothing to fool around with. No, no, no. Thank you for coming back. 
the the world missed you the podcast missed you <laughs> but we understand I, that you had other obligations i have missed the world i've missed <laughs> <laughs> So Angel and I have decided, I don't really know why we decided to do this to ourselves, but we have decided to, when, you know, before X-Men came out, we were like, what X-Men related apocalypse thing can we talk about? The one that we settled on for some reason was the largest (laughs) um, apocalypse saga there is, which is the Age of Apocalypse Saga. We are using the... Marvel Unlimited reading app to do this. There are for all my collection development people out there and for any other people wanting to buy rather than subscribe. There are many variations and different printings of the Age of Apocalypse Saga that are to be had. Most of them are just called Age of Apocalypse Epic, the Age of Apocalypse Epic or something along those lines. They're usually broken down into three or four volumes There was, at one point, which Angel will mention in a little bit, an omnibus that came out several years ago. I believe that is out of print now. But if you can find it, it's a great great resource because it's pretty much everything in one. I'm pretty sure they made a complete Age of Apocalypse book recently. I don't know what the retail price or anything of that nature is. But anything, anything that says Age of Apocalypse is good to go. There are several volumes. There was several years ago, about 10 years ago now, a return to the Age of Apocalypse, which Angel and I may or may not read later on. But I might read it anyways because one of my favorite artists does it. But anyway, so that is what we're doing today. That is why we've gathered today. But before we do that, Angel, we haven't heard from you and we haven't heard hair nor hide from you lately. No. So what's going on? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been up to caretaking for a five-week-old. <laughs> no, where'd you get one of those? <laughs> an adventure. An adventure itself. Uh, <clears throat> how is how is Senior Bucky doing these days? Doing good. He's actually wearing his Captain America cloth diaper today for Memorial Day. That's awesome. Oh, yes. <laughs> by the way, we're recording this on Memorial Day. Yes. I refuse to acknowledge that craziness that came out on Wednesday for Captain America. Uh, did you read it or did you just... I read it. You read it? I read it. I got angry. I have not read it. I have just seen internet backlash. For those who don't know what we're talking about, um, the internet's already spoiled it for you, so I don't feel bad for that. But, Angel, do you want to fill the people in on on what kind of anger you're feeling here? Um, Captain America, at the end of the book, on on the plane, says, Hail Hydra. And do we think, because I haven't and, read the book, do we think that's the actual Captain America? Is it an imposter? Is it a clone? It, I mean, it's it it's seems, Marvel. It seems to be the actual Captain America, which, and, and uh, the internet backlash is driving me crazy, too, because I I love Captain America. Obviously, I've named my son after Warner Soldier. So, you know, I love Captain America. Yeah, um, that's fair. You can love Captain America. But, but now you love a Nazi, drives, so. The thing that drives me crazy is, and it was funny because my husband agrees with me too. It's and I maybe it's one of those I'm taking it too too far or too seriously. <laughs> but for a book that was written by two Jewish guys to combat and to have a a hero against the Nazi regime to make said hero 
you know, 40 years later into a Nazi seems mm-hmm. like super slap in the face to them. It does. Like, um, yeah. you better figure out a way to retcon that so that you, you know, that's not actual Captain America. Make it be a brain hijacked or something to that effect. But I just, I can't stand behind them trying to reestablish his origin story and making him a a sleeper hydra agent this whole time yeah um having not read it having really not read many of the current captain america books i don't have any clue (laughs) as to what's (laughs) happening um as somebody who's grown up you know in comics though and knows captain america from my childhood i i do think it's it's silly but i've seen crazy things done in comics all my life so like from a comic yeah it's one of those things that i realize i probably shouldn't get angry about it because there are people who are like yeah wait two weeks and it'll be changed anyway yeah no and and that's (laughs) what i'm that's what i'm saying as far as comic related storytelling goes but from a cultural and you know like even religious you know like just from from that standpoint from a race and cultural standpoint i think it i think it was in very poor taste yeah because like you said i mean captain america was a way for many young kids and not just jewish kids but just young kids in general to to combat fascism to combat nazism to it was one of the one things we all had that we felt patriotic about even even young cynical people who don't really like america or like what america stands for even older cynical people who feel like america is you know like you know has all its faults which you know is is valid i'm not saying it's not valid but captain america is one of those one things that we actually a lot of people can get behind and be like yeah but no captain america is pretty badass yeah like captain america is pretty righteous i wish there were more captain americas in the world you know stuff like that yeah to to turn that on its on its head to to go against that seems needless it it seems like it's done solely for shock value it seems like something they did so they could get into entertainment weekly which congratulations they did you know like it 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 felt like are you really doing this just because dc comics had their rebranding going on so you decided you were going to make captain america a nazi yeah, like, well, I don't know. In, in the issue, like it did, like a flashback where Cap is talking to Hydra agents, and he's this sleeper Hydra agent for years. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it seems like a really risky decision on so many stamp, not just from a storytelling standpoint, but from a lot of different angles. It seems like a really risky and slippery slope that Marvel decided to take. So you know, they either can capitalize on it or they'll have to it, sleep in the bed they made. Yeah. I mean, and also to clarify, it was a pamphlet from Hydra that his mom gave him. My brain is mush. So yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, either way, it's not, either way, so ridiculous. It's not great. <laughs> um, no. But Hey, I mean, this could be Marvel's folly could be DC's uh, gain here because DC is trying to rebrand. They're trying to court, comic book readers right now with their they are with their rebirth their midnight release it's got yeah i mean from what i've seen it's gotten some mixed mixed bag reviews as well but hey if 
the flagship character of Marvel is going to be a Nazi, then <laughs> I can see a lot of people saying, screw it, I'll, I'll take my chances with a convoluted DC universe rather than yeah. watch Captain America be a Nazi. So okay. anyway, so that's current events. Anything else fun or exciting going on? Um, you read any? Have you done? Got much reading done in your? No, your you child rearing. I, I imagine it's been difficult. I had these aspirations of all these of my TV shows on Netflix. I was going to catch up on. I never, I never and, wanted to spoil that for you. Every time yeah. you told me all these all these plans you had, I was just like, "Oh, yeah. sounds great." I had, had all these plans and aspirations of TV shows I was going to catch up on and reading I was going to catch up on. Yeah, no, no. When he sleeps, I try desperately. To That's sleep. when you sleep. <laughs> If I'm not trying to clean something or cook something or prepare food, you know, for it's, Chris so that he doesn't starve. It's a 27-hour-a-day <laughs> job, you know? It really <laughs> Like, yeah. you have to manufacture more time than there is sometimes. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to, to, I'm ready. to delve into the world of Age of Apocalypse? <laughs> for um, <clears throat> For those listening, like I said, we're recording this on Memorial Day. I have just recently seen, this is the weekend that the new X-Men Apocalypse movie came out. I have recently seen it. Angel and her husband have not made it out to see it yet, correct? No. We're hoping this week at some point. Okay. So there will be no talk of the Apocalypse movie in this particular episode. Instead, what we are going to be talking about is the Age of Apocalypse comic event. There is very few reason given this this book to really delve into the apocalypse um movie other than the one thing I, I the one thing this series highlights as well as the age of Apoc- or the apocalypse movie highlights is the character's determination for survival of the fittest or only the strong shall survive in apocalypse's world so yeah. other outside of that one that one theme there aren't a whole lot of parallels. So there's really no reason for me to accidentally spoil anything for Angel. And there's no reason for those listening to expect a full recap of the X-Men movie. All right. So who <laughs> Angel and I are not in the same room right now. So we cannot rock, paper, scissors for the <laughs> for the joy of getting to explain. Oh, we, that's what we should do first. Sorry about that. Very professional here. Okay, so yeah. because Age of Apocalypse is a very long series yeah. that spans several different titles, Angel and I, because we both are busy, and Angel more so than, than me, um, <laughs> have di- have broken it into two parts. So today we're going to be talking about basically half of the Age of Apocalypse event, and then we will gather again in a few days time and record the rest so if you are following along on the marvel unlimited app or if you're a subscriber to that basically what we're covering in their suggested reading order is blink one through x-man two which is basically the first 22 issues of the series if you're following along some other way, I can't help you. I don't. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You're on your own. Figure it out. Um, so basically, everything we're talking about today falls between the first 22 issues on the Marvel Unlimited app. Blink one, two, and three 
unfortunately, are relatively new. They weren't published at the same time as the original Age of Apocalypse, so that's kind of weird. Wasn't really something I noticed right away, which is the weirdest part. It took me, like, I think it was by the time I got to Blink 3 that I realized, wait, is this... Wait, this was published in the 2000s. <laughs> so, Age of Apocalypse, real quick, came out in 1995. We were roughly 11 years old <laughs> when this came yeah. out. I recall, do you have any, were you a comic fan in 1995? Really, I was not into X-Men at that point. Okay. I was still a Spider-Man, Batman, occasional Superman, and occasional Captain America at that point. Fair enough. At I read eight, the big titles. At age 11... I was only a Spider-Man and X-Men reader. Yeah. Those were the only things I read as a kid. I didn't really read Batman comics. I watched the TV show, the animated series. Oh, the best series. But I wasn't really big into the Batman comics. I had a few of like the old ones, like Death in the Family and all that stuff. But yeah, I, you know, I didn't have a whole lot else. Anyway, um, so when this came out, I was like, this was like right in the height of my love of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. So this, I remember when this came out, I was obsessed with it. Again, I probably shouldn't have said I was 11 years old, but I was. <laughs> but I remember like collecting a lot. They made action figures based on these characters. I remember that. Do you remember those? I collected yeah. so many of these. I had the Wolverine. I had the Cyclops. I had the Sabretooth with Wild Child. I had like, so, yeah. like reading this comic, I remembered like so vividly all of the characters and all of the toys that went along with them, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't distinctly remember all of the se- like the the plot, but I really remembered the character designs mm-hmm. because they're really re- unique and cool, in my opinion. Okay, so who wants to give the synopsis of Age of Apocalypse? Would you, you do like- it because my brain is a little smushy. Okay, I'm going- I will fill in better. <laughs> I'm going to read what they say here on the Marvel Unlimited app and then kind of go from there. Okay. So they say, this is how Marvel themselves describes their event. Charles Xavier is dead, killed 20 years in the past during a freak time travel accident, and the world that has arisen is ruled by the mutant apocalypse. But not all mutants agree with apocalypse's rule, including a group of ragtag freedom fighters led by Xavier's oldest friend, Magneto. The Amazing X-Men. One of the greatest X-Men crossovers ever. It is a recommended read. And this is its recommended reading order. So basically, I don't recall what happened before Age of Apocalypse. But like it said, there was an event that happened in the early 90s in which Charles Xavier died and it messed up the timelines. Mm -hmm. And it caused like all kinds of weird stuff to happen one of those things was the age of apocalypse so age of apocalypse is basically a a universe and a world that sits outside of the regular world of x-men it's kind of like an earth 2 to use dc comics terms so in this world charles xavier is dead at after his death magneto his friend decides to carry on Xavier's legacy of wanting to build a better world for mutants and wanting to make a safer world for mutants and also caring about human beings. So once 
Xavier dies, uh, Magneto carries on, but then Apocalypse comes, the mutant, and and the, the noun. The Apocalypse comes, and with it brings a world where only the strongest mutants survive, and humanity is pretty much erased. There are small pockets of regular people, humans, throughout the world, and there are small pockets of not just X-Men, but other mutants that are fighting Apocalypse. But Apocalypse has basically a stronghold, especially in America. There are parts, like, there are sometimes where they go to London and things are a little better there. They're more, there's more of a human presence. Sorry, messed yeah. with the microphone. Um, they're more of a human presence. Things are still pretty, you know, post-apocalyptic, if you will. So that's the premise of this thing. We, we live in a world now where Apocalypse is the ruler. His four horsemen are super powerful and they're basically the police. And <laughs> they rule different territories of America. And the X-Men are trying to not just stop Apocalypse, but also help various pockets of humans escape the the genocide or the Colleens, as they call them, or Colleens, as I'm saying it right. So that's that's where we are. So when one of the, the coolest things to me about the Age of Apocalypse was seeing the variations on the characters. Yes. So you have, you know, as as you can tell, Magneto's a good guy now. Uh-huh. So you have different roles for different established characters. You have some good guys who are now bad guys, some bad guys that are now good guys. You have new character designs. Uh, some of them have new character backgrounds, like as far as histories go. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was one of the, the fun aspects for me as a kid, because as a kid, I had a pretty decent understanding of the X-Men history and lore but again i was you know still relatively young so i it i didn't have all of it so one of the things that appealed to me about age of apocalypse was kind of like everything was new it was the same for everyone everyone no one knew what was what the hell was going on <laughs> so it, it was one of those things i was like oh cool i'm i'm one of the i'm one of the the regular kids now so that is one of to me one of the most appealing things of age of apocalypse so besides Magneto being a good guy, some of the other character differences, we have um, Wolverine somehow only has one hand. Well, he had it cut off. He had it cut off. I mean, we, I, again, we know why, but like, I guess he didn't have healing factor? Or I guess if it's cut off completely, he can't heal. I right? guess, yeah. I think if it's cut off, he's not like Deadpool who can regrow he a just hand. regrow, yeah. So Wolverine's down to one hand, and I guess it happened before he got his animatium, uh, adamantium. Because otherwise they wouldn't have really been cut through the bone, right? I would or, guess so. Or, so basically Cyclops lost his hand. Okay, so <laughs> how do we want to do this? Because there's so many. Okay. Cyclops and Wolverine were fighting. Although he's called Weapon X. Yes, he's, I'm sorry. Yeah, because there is a different Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah, Logan is now just Weapon X or Logan. He is not and called Wolverine he, in this. Yeah. He and Cyclops got in a fight. Which, can I just say how fantastic Cyclops' hair is in this? I, he has a Pantene Pro-V commercial hair. I, if you want to talk about Cyclops, man, <laughs> that's fine with me. I I dig this version of Cyclops a lot. His hair is beautiful. It's long. It's Luscious. gorgeous. It's flowing. <laughs> yep. He's got gorgeous long brown hair. Yes. But yeah, they got in a fight, and I know that 
Cyclops has the the Wolverine claw or the Weapon X claw marks on his face now, and has lost yes. one of his eyes. So Cyclops is legitimately a Cyclops. He lost an eye, and, and Logan lost a hand. Lost a hand, yeah. And why did this happen? You ask. Well, I mean, I know Logan and Cyclops have always hated each other, yeah. but it's a little different now because Cyclops, Boy Scout Scott Summers, is a bad guy. Yep. He works for Mr. Sinister, who in turn works for Apocalypse. He's one of the people who oversees the pits. And let's put a pin in that for a little bit, because I want to go back and talk about something that I did not realize as as an 11 year old. Um, (laughs) But we'll get to that in a second. Um, So he he and his brother um, Havoc, who's Alex. Thank you, Jesus. Alex Summers are, um, they're basically the top henchmen of Mr. Sinister, and they run their own little police organization, or more of like a prison guard organization, Mm -hmm. and they oversee all of the captives, all the captive mutants and captive humans that um, Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse tortures or experiments on. One of the other people who is there that used to be a good guy is Beast. Beast is now a bad guy who works for Mr. Sinister and does scientific experiments on mutants and humans. He's also another one that I enjoy the uh, the character design changes. Mm-hmm. He looks really cool. Really looks he like looks really mean. <laughs> really and really animalistic too, more so yeah. than he did. More in nineteen ninety five he looks more animalistic than he did as his regular nineteen ninety five self. Yeah. Well, and I think they did that to to, to show that he's bad. Guy. He's a bad guy now. He's a bad guy now. Yeah. Uh, Jean Grey is there. She's with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. She was an escapee of the pits, and that's what started the fight between Logan and Scott Summers. He was helping Jean and a few others escape, and Cyclops and Alex and the rest got in a big fight, and so. Thus, the rivalry of Scott Summers and Logan continues. Still over Gene. Still over Gene, but in a <laughs> much, much creepier way now. Exactly. Um, what else? Who else has changed? Rogue and Magneto are married. Which is gross. Which is creepy. <laughs> um, Gambit also thinks it's creepy, so he left. Because for me, well, partially because Gambit was in love with Rogue. Yes. For me, part of my creep factor with that is that in my brain, in the smush that is my brain currently, <laughs> all I can think of is the X-Men movies. So it's Anna Paquin getting together with oh my god, my brain's gone. Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. I should know that name right away. But it's them getting together and all I can think of is no. No, no. No, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you on that. And even outside of the movies, in this particular series, um, Magneto is still older. Yeah. Like, significantly oh, yeah. Well, older than he has her. adult children who are Rogue's age. Yeah, he has. Yeah, exactly. So Rogue. Quicksilver is there, and in the beginning, Scarlet Witch is there, both of whom are still Magneto's kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story, the actual story, which begins in X-Men Chronicles number one, mm-hmm. in that story, the X-Men first fight Apocalypse's forces... While they're doing so, 
one of Apocalypse's henchmen, who I forget his name at the time, later goes on to become a mutant named Holocaust. Yeah. I forget who he was before that. Sorry about that. Anyway, so at that point, he he attacks the X-Men compound when it's just Scarlet Witch and a few of the new recruits there. Scarlet yeah. Witch, in an effort to save all the other kids, is is killed, which starts this this big battle now between the X-Men and Apocalypse. Now it's not just person now it's not just Magneto wants to save the world because of his friend Charles wanted to save the world. Now it's you you know, you killed my kids, you you killed my actual kid, you attacked my compound. We have to stop you. You're you're out of control. Yeah. So that was basically the the first of the big battles. Nemesis. Um, Nemesis, thank you. Very good. It just popped out of my head. Great. No, that was a great. <laughs> so in um so there are many different creators along the way in the Age of Apocalypse series. The main writer, unfortunately, is Scott Labdo. Um mm-hmm. I don't know how you all feel about him. I'm sure in nineteen ninety five and four I really liked him. <laughs> um because there I guess it technically did start in ninety there was some that started in ninety four according to this. X Men Alpha was published in 94 yeah look, look how weird no, all right let's, let's huh x-men alpha is january 95 oh, okay i think there's a, a typo then on the actual app because it says 94 but it's also like the fourth in the <laughs> the story so it couldn't have been all right so yeah. that's what we're, we're up against right now sorry about that most of this it had to have been 95 this story was 95 everything is in 95 okay um 95 just say it one more time so, yeah, that that's how... It, and in that battle, one of Apocalypse's henchmen is also Sabretooth. Yeah. Uh, Creed, as he's mostly known. And he turns in this, ep- in this issue, and he joins Magneto. So, Sabretooth is a good guy and not a bad guy in this yeah. particular series. Which, again, as a kid, was one of those things that I was like, man, I really dig all these different, like... Who's a good guy now? Who's a bad guy? You don't know. Yeah. So there are many different, going back to what I was saying, there are many different writers and artists. Scott Lobdell is one of the, the top um, writers. He handles a lot of the main the, the main story, which takes place in the what's called The Astonishing X-Men. Yeah. Um, Joe, I'm going to butcher his last name. I'm going to spell it, actually, because I'm sure most of you recognize the spelling. He's really famous. M-A-D-U-R-E-I-R-A. You have you Do you have a great pronunci- pronunciation for that? Because I'm sure Madeira. I'm going to Madeira, probably. Everything. All right. So he handles most of the art, especially the art for, um, what's it called? Uh, Astonishing X-Men. X-Men mm-hmm. Alpha has Mark Wade as a writer, which is really cool. Mark Wade is a great writer. Grant Morrison is one of the writers. He handles, um, I'm not Grant Morrison, I'm sorry, Warren Ellis handles the Excalibur relaunch. And there are a few other really famous authors along and artists along the way. The um, The brothers Kubert do a lot of art. Adam and Andy Kubert do a lot of the art in this book, in these books, which I really appreciate. I like their art a lot. And I think I'm trying to go through here, see if there are any other famous name Jeff Loeb another famous author he handles a lot of the the X-Man series yeah. 
who handles Factor X. John Francis Moore is the writer on on Factor X. So along the way, if other names pop up, I will I will get into those. Oh wait, here we missed Gambit and the externals. Oh, that's I was gonna there was, there was another really nineties person I couldn't remember who it was. Tony Daniel, the artist, and Fabian Nicazia. I'm never never know how to pronounce his name. I see this is why I should go to conventions more often. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically the the guy who did X Force and all those Deadpool runs and stuff. He was. He was one of the artists here, or one of the writers here as well. So so it's handled by pretty much everyone you would expect in the 1990s to be handling the X-Men. Yeah. Which is, you know, okay for the most part. Um, the story is okay. The writing in a lot of these is pretty lackluster, I would say. I mean, especially given what we're used to now as far as writing goes in comics. I don't know if it's just my real dislike of scott lobdell's work lately or what but a lot of the story left me like kind of rolling my eyes especially the dialogue and the dialogue is a bit cheesy the dialogue is is a bit much from time to time but the overall plot i mean again you'll hear this a lot from comic readers if the dialogue is bad people defend the plot and this is one of those those series where i i i'm gonna do that i i defend this plot it's a pretty decent plot the writing is not the best the art is pretty good there are a lot of good artists work I like on this. a lot of the art hmm i like a lot of the yeah, art. yeah a lot of the art is really good so basically for the first half of this book what we learn is apocalypse rules the world there's a group of humans that are trying to escape America and get to London. Mm-hmm. The X-Men try to help them. Uh, Mr. Sinister turns on Apocalypse. Mr. Sinister decides he, he's in it for himself. We don't really know what his motives are yet. He just kind of leaves. Yeah. Which leaves um, Cyclops with a lot of questions. So we can already see Cyclops... Going from being the villain of the story to trying to figure out what his role is now and and who he whose side he's really on. Toward the end of the middle part of this the series, we see um, Cyclops actually rescue. Um, oh, what mutant was it? Polaris, right? Polar- yeah, yeah. She, Lorna. He rescues Lorna. Yeah. Um, who keeps mumbling about Magneto being her father, which I thought was really funny. Um, yeah. cause for because he he is her father in the regular storyline. Yeah. So and but in this storyline, no one understands how, what she's talking about, and and even Magneto himself, when he does see her, is like, I I don't know who the heck you are. Yeah. So again, based on her crazy powers, there's a possibility that she's somehow a link between the original X Men timeline and this timeline. Uh, so yeah, Scott Summers helps her get out. So we're seeing a, a turn of his character. There is, um, I don't know how many people remember Generation X from the nineties. There was a, um, an X-Men title called Generation X that had characters like Jubilee and Chain- yeah, and Chamber, who was always one of my favorite characters as well, as well as uh, some other cool characters, but whose names and characters have vanished or faded over the years so there's a a run of those called generation next 
which basically takes some of those characters like Skin and Husk and a couple of the other and Chamber. No Jubilee in that in that particular one, but she's with Gambit. So some of the main titles that you'll find are we have Weapon X, which has Wolverine and and Lo and I mean Logan and Jean Grey. Gambit has his own run called Gambit and the Externals. He's basically like a separate group of X-Men. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I know there's a book here called X-Factor, but his group is kind of like um, the X-Force of this of this universe. It's got some of the characters from X-Force as well. There's it's got Lila and Jubilee and Sunspot. Yeah. And the big dude. And the big dude whose name I always forget. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's Excalibur. Strong guy. Hmm. Strong yeah, the big guy. strong guy. Yeah, with the mohawk. Um. There's Excalibur, which is Night Nightcrawler's book. Mm-hmm. The Astonishing X Men. There's X Men Alpha, which was basically like a little mini run through it to kind of set everything up. And X Man himself has a comic. And Factor X, which is the Scott Summers Alex Summers story is carried through that one. So those are the titles that have, you know, that carry this this particular series. Like like we said in the beginning, it's a crossover event, but it's a crossover event in the in the sense that all these books were new. So it's not like there were a bunch of recurring titles that were crossing over like you would find in like a Civil War story or anything like that. Most of these are issues 1, 2, 3, 4. four yeah, yeah. So it was like a brand new thing they were doing. And they got new titles. It was re- it was it was fun. It was a fun thing as a as a kid. Okay, so that was basically what what we got to. Um, humans are trying. The humans have decided that they are tired of waiting on the sideline. They're going to attack Apocalypse. And Jean Grey thinks it's a bad idea, so she takes off to try to warn and rescue some of the people in America, because she knows that if the humans wage war with their Sentinels. On Apocalypse the High Council. Yes, the the Human High Council. If they wage war, then it's going to be a disaster for everyone involved. So she's trying to basically lead a resistance, or like not quite a resistance, but more of like a more of trying to save people, like a refugee effort before everyone is just dead and homeless. Yeah. And yeah, Cyclops is doing his thing. Wolverine is looking for Jean Grey. The gen. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> there was only a couple epi- issues of Generation Next, but in that one we have Colossus finds out his sister is still alive, so he's looking for his sister. Wait, is that the right one? That's Generation X, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got C- Colossus looking for his sister. We got Gambit and his team get. Oh, what's the name of that one in place? I always mispronounce it. Shiara, yeah. Gambit and his team end up in the Shiara Empire looking for this particular device that's supposed to help bring the world back to the way it's supposed to be. Bishop has appeared out of nowhere. And Bishop tells Magneto... Hmm? He sounds like he's spouting nonsense. Yeah, Bishop shows up and he's all like discombobulated. And everyone thinks he's a plant from Apocalypse, that he's out there to to spread lies and discord. But thanks to Rogue's power, Rogue kind of sees inside his brain, and Magneto sees it too because they're kind of all connected. 
and Magneto sees that this isn't a world that's supposed to exist, that mm-hmm. Bishop comes from a different a different world where Xavier's still alive. So Magneto starts believing Bishop and starts working on the belief that they live in a world that shouldn't exist anyway. So he wants to reset the clock, if you will. Yeah. So he sends Gambit and his team out to find this one particular jewel or or power source that he thinks will help with that. So that's kind of the X-Men story and Gambit story. The other side of the story is basically the ragtag team versus Apocalypse. So we have Magneto trying to basically reset everything the way it should be, even though that means he and the rest of his loved ones will no longer exist. And then we have another group of people who are trying to just live in the world that exists now and destroy Apocalypse and try to bring peace back to the world that they're currently in. So that's where we are in X-Men Apocalypse. Did I miss anything that you No, that was far more concise than I would have been able to I don't know if the word concise is accurate. (laughs) Okay. So, that said, what are some of your highlights from reading uh, Age of Apocalypse so far? Some of my highlights... um... I really, I really liked the Bishop storyline, honestly, when they brought him in to kind of bridge things. Mm-hmm. Uh, also towards, because we only read halfway, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of that halfway point, uh, Mystique shows up, which I thought was really awesome. Yes. Um, she showed and- up in the very beginning of the series. Yes. In X-Men Chronicle. She's the one who brings Rogue into the X-Men yeah. fold, right? Yes. Yeah. So Mystique's probably leaves. Yeah, Mystique's purpose here seems to be that Mystique's purpose seems to be oh wait, no. I was about to do something I said in the very beginning I wouldn't do. I was about to make a movie reference. So Mystique's <laughs> purpose is to basically serve as a a um a savior. She mm-hmm. finds particular um mutants and she tries to bring them to safety. She's basically for, oh man, this is I can't believe I'm about to say this. She's basically, for lack of a better term, a coyote. She's taking <laughs> she's taking people and bringing them to hopefully a better place. She's yeah. she's like she's like uh, in the show Weeds. She, she, she is kind of a coyote though because she takes money for it. She does. She takes money for it. She's not doing it for free. She's not doing it just out of the kindness of her heart because no. she still is Mystique. Yeah. So she is getting paid to relocate mutants to safety, but unlike. The world we live in, Mystique does seem to actually try to get them there safely and not just completely take advantage of them. Yes. So that's a little political commentary there to make up for the fact that I just used a really problematic term. Okay. <laughs> so One of I... my other favorite things in the whole friggin' thing that I read is, um, I don't even remember what issue it was from now. It was one of the I closer to midway point. Uh, it was closer to the midway point. Mm-hmm. Um, where you've discovered that Cyclops is helping people escape from the pit. Yeah, so that was probably um, in one of the Factor X books then. Yeah, and um, it's one of the front, the first uh, lead-in panels, mm-hmm. and it's Cyclops standing there with the backstory on the back, and it's, he's saying, come with me if you want to live. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stopped what I was doing and laughed for like two minutes about, you know, yeah, this cyborg guy. Yeah. 
people <laughs> escape. <laughs> yeah, there really was. So that that was probably in the second issue of Factor X because that's when he he helps Lorna out. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I remember as a as a kid, I really like as a kid as as most people, I did not like Cyclops. Yeah. In the regular X Men world, because he's boring. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, he's boring. He's cookie cutter. He does. He always has to do the right thing. Blah blah blah. So one of the things that appealed to me in X-Men Age of Apocalypse was that there was depth to Cyclops. He yeah. starts as a bad guy, he tries to move into being a good guy. There's a lot of bad he's done a lot of bad shit. Yeah. So I really like that. And I and I also like his character design. Yeah. Besides his gorgeous hair, he's got like a really cool costume. Yeah. I like and that I he love the mm-hmm. I like his his eyepiece. I love that he only has one eye. I thought that was funny as a as a kid that he's a real Cyclops now. <laughs> I also, as a kid and even as an adult, am not the biggest fan of Wolverine. Like yeah. I like the character and I, res- I I like I understand the importance of his character, but he's never super appealed to me because I think, as I've said many times in any podcast I've been on, super strong and vulnerable characters don't appeal to me. Yeah. So there's no sense of danger with with Wolverine because he has his he can regenerate and he's got the adamantium skeleton so he can't really like you can't really just cut through his body like there are a lot of things that I it didn't really appeal to me about Wolverine uh-huh. but again with doing the re character design here like I I like I like his character here I like his his one hand look I yeah. like his his attitude in this one is very similar to his attitude in the regular X-Men universe, but he's like very wholeheartedly a good guy in this, mm-hmm. you know, like there's no real, like he's not, he's not really an anti-hero in this one. He's just straight up a good guy. Yeah. So I appreciate that again, as a lover of Gambit, I'm still a big fan of Gambit in the series. Yeah. I do love me some Gambit. Definitely. So what of, of the different titles? So I, I read the titles off a little bit ago. And we kind of skipped over Blink. Blink made us both kind of very confused. Yeah. Because again, it start the book was published in two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. But Blink. And yet one, it's the lead in. Yeah, but according to Marvel Unlimited, you should read Blink one, two, and three first before you read anything else, which which really threw me off. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna just kind of ignore that. So of the main nineteen ninety five titles, which one did you find yourself enjoying the most when you were reading? externals the extra gambit, gambit and the externals yeah that what? one was far more i don't know it pulled me in a lot more yeah than the others i think i i mean i really like that one as well too and i like gambit i like that had jubilee i like jubilee's attitude in this in this series jubilee. um i would say that was definitely one of my favorite i remember as a kid that was one of the ones that i definitely wanted to collect because i was a big gambit fan yeah. And, you know, like, this was in a time when Gambit didn't really have his own ongoing series. So it was really exciting to see Gambit have his own ongoing series. Yeah. I think for me, the one that really that really pulls me in is... Um, I think the, the Factor X one. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on in it, and there's a, not just, like... Story-wise, you know, there's a lot going on as far as, you know, there's um, Cyclops and his brother Havoc are having, you know, 
they're kind of at odds. You yeah. have the Sin- the Mr. Sinister storyline going on through there. You see Apocalypse more in that series than you do in the other ones cuz you know they're they're in with Apocalypse. Yeah. You get more of a feel for like the the crazy messed up stuff that Apocalypse is doing. I I just feel like that one gives you more of the actual story as to what the hell is going on, what Apocalypse is really doing than the other ones do. Plus yeah. you get the whole you get kind of a redemption story with Cyclops, you get the whole I'm trying to save people. So that one really pulled me in as well. As far as art goes, I have to say I think um X-Men Alpha, the very like their little one-shot one they did to kind of lead things off. Yeah. I, that art is the art I instantly think about when I think of Age of Apocalypse. Like those bright colors, those that particular art style. When I think of Age of Apocalypse, that that's like the art that that I think about. See, I loved the art, but that was my least favorite story. The story like, that was my least favorite. I'm gonna. It took a lot for me to get through that one. <laughs> I'm gonna agree with you, and mainly because I really don't even remember the story. Okay. But it, it's it's it, it, a lot of it seemed unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like it was repeat of it was like if you hadn't read. Um, the yeah you had the chronicles mm-hmm. beforehand x-men chronicles beforehand one and two then it was kind of like your overview of those and like to catch you up so it was like a lot of rehashing yeah. that i didn't need so yeah no i i agree I with stopped you and started that one like four times <laughs> and i'm 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 gonna go instant fact check here on myself i meant to say the astonishing x-men I was just basing this on my look at the covers, and oh, okay. I saw the X-Men Alpha cover, which was done by um, Joe Madura. Madura. Um, we'll call him Joey. We'll call him Joey Mad. Um, <laughs> so that art is, he did the art for that cover, but he did the interiors of the Astonishing X-Men book. And that's what like yeah. that, that's what I was thinking in my head. His art is the is the art I think of when I think of the Age of Apocalypse series, like his particular style. Yeah. This story again, the Astonishing X Men story isn't one that super appeals to me. Or I mean, I again, I like the story, the plot, but again, it's the one that's handled by Scott Lobdell. So the actual dialogue is a bit much, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. So, yeah, that that's what I that's where I was trying to go. There's also another series called Amazing X Men, yeah, and that's handled by Andy Kuber again, whose art I really like. But he's not. That's not the art style that I think of when I think of Age of Apocalypse. It had a very particular style to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are, what are some other highlights? What or what is your least favorite then besides Alpha? Because favorite... Alpha was pretty yeah. much a one shot. Yeah. Um, I liked Excalibur with Nightcrawler. That was good. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I really well, loved Factor X. I really like Factor was... X, too. I think, um, for me, they're all really good. I think the X-Men Chronicles one was was good in the sense that it set a lot of the groundwork. Mm-hmm. But it had so many different artists involved in it because it was like their big 
um, X-Men Chronicles 1 and 2 were their yeah. large books. Those were like double issue books. Yeah. And so they had a lot of different art styles in there. And I think that kind of like th- took me out of it a lot. Yeah. The The story itself wasn't handled that well. And it for giving for supposedly trying to give you the backstory, it didn't really lay down the groundwork as well as ones like um, Astonishing X Men does, or even even like Weapon X or Factor X lay down pretty good backstories. I think better than the X Men Chronicles stories did. Yeah. What was um, what was one title besides the Alpha one that we mentioned? What what's one that you really like didn't quite feel? Let's get some neg- uh, negativity in here. The honestly the Weapon X ones were not interesting. Super- hmm. I know I should like them. No, you don't. You shouldn't. But, you don't have um, to like anything. I don't know. It, it's, if I'm remembering correctly, that the was the that Weapon X is the one that focuses on Logan and Jean Grey. Yeah. Okay. There is that the one then? I don't know. There's one issue that focuses a lot more on just the humans. Um, I want to say it's that one though. Yeah, there's one. This one of the episodes. Uh, why do I keep saying episodes? One of the issues. I think it's the second issue of Weapon X. They're basically yeah. in London. Yeah. And they're that's not my favorite because I've don't get me wrong. I I understand that the humans are part of the reason that they're all doing this. So basically what you're saying is you don't like humans. Uh, yeah, I just don't care. <laughs> I want to read about the X-Men. I don't... If I pick... I, so you is, you're saying if I you like pick up a fighting. book about X-Men, you want to read about X-Men. I want to read about X-Men, yeah. I don't want to... How dare you. I don't want to read eight pages about these humans and the kid who wandered into the abyss, like wandered and met the abyss. Oh, that was... was oh, 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 that one. That was... um. What issue was I, that? That was one? the Amazing X Men. Was it? Then that's yeah, the one. Yeah, that's the one really... with Quicksilver and Storm. Yeah. The Amazing X Men is Quicksilver and Storm's team. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that I was. Said, a... I'm sorry, I've, no, I've no, no, gotten no. no sleep, and my brain is mushy. Hey, that's <laughs> usually when you're on the show. I've gotten it you... five weeks last night. <laughs> hey, when you're generally on the show, you're the one who carries the show. So right yeah. now, I understand. <laughs> And everyone is finding out what a fraud I am. So thanks, Angel. <laughs> um, but that storyline, like, again, don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate No, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. But the I amazing didn't need six pages of this idiot kid wandering away from his family, you know. And, again, what the hell is that family doing? Do you not notice that your eight-year-old has wandered off? Uh-oh. Like, Uh-oh. what are you doing? Mom Angel is coming out. <laughs> um no, I agree with you. And again, this is one that like I was surprised I didn't really enjoy because it was the art was done by Andy Kubert, again, one of my favorite artists. Mm-hmm. A superhero artist, I should say. And the the writing's done by uh Fabian Nicosia. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm never going to get that name out right. By the way, just cuz I can't pronounce these names people, I know who they are. I know their history. <laughs> I know what they've written. I understand all this I, if you've listened to this podcast, you understand names. I am terrible at pronouncing people's names. Yeah. Once I hear it, though, once if I hear the correct pronunciation, I will get it right. So yeah. feel free to send me the correct pronunciation of Fabian's last name. 
and it will never be uttered incorrectly by me again. But I was surprised because, like, I don't dislike the writer. Um, he's not one of my favorite writers, but again, he handled a lot of the books that I liked a lot when I was a kid. Like mm-hmm. he did the X Force books, he did a lot of Daredevil stuff. Yeah. So I like him, and I love Andy Kubert. But the art, the, I mean, the story didn't do anything for me either. Like it well, felt. I didn't, in the middle of the fight scene, I don't need Storm revealing her feelings for Quicksilver. Like, well, that's the most X Men thing that could happen, though. Yeah, but I don't need that. I don't, then you I don't need the X Men. If you don't need there to be I, some weird soap opera love story <laughs> in the middle of a death battle, then you don't have time for the X Men. I do have time because that that is the most. I think, that is I the think quintessential. I was already annoyed X-Men. that this kid had wandered off. Yeah, and, and like the whole plot of this whole thing is like this: this character Abyss is like, "Hey, tell Quicksilver I'm holding this kid ha- captive," and yeah. Quicksilver is like, "Do I know this kid? No. Well, I have to risk everything to go save this kid." <laughs> like, no offense. Like, I well, he's no, a that's, hero. That's, like, I feel like I would have. And this is my, I have a weird dichotomy in my brain because I really love hero, like genuine hero characters Mm -hmm. like Captain America and people like that. But I also understand, like, to to pull in a Star Wars reference, I understand the dark side. Do you matter Mm -hmm. to me? No? Okay, then I don't care. I think (laughs) one one of the things that's lost in this book that's not lost in a book like Factor X is that this world is supposed to be darker. Yeah. Like, even the heroes are a little darker. They, they've they come of age, and they live in a world where only the strong survive. And yeah. that even, even their acts of heroism are sometimes like, listen, I don't really care about the humans either, mm-hmm. but I, I hate Apocalypse more. You know, yeah. like, that's one of the things to me that feels like it's lost in the amazing X-Men book series is that these are the x-men that are just hands down 100 percent heroes yeah there's no there's no wishy-washy about it there's no pragmatism about it it's just somebody needs to be saved we need to risk everything to save them yeah and to me that that's that's a great story that's a great hero but it's not age of apocalypse to me even the heroes are a little bit like hmm uh, let's let's think about what's best for business right now. <laughs> Which again is one of the things I like most about Factor X is that it's very it's it feels very much of the Age of Apocalypse time, you know, like. Yeah. So yeah, that that's one one of my. I think my least favorite book of this series so far is X Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get behind that. I again. Not a big fan of the X Man character to begin with. Yeah. Um, mainly because I don't understand anything about him. <laughs> it's hard to keep <laughs> track of him, and this was in an age before Wikipedia, so I couldn't just be like, "What the shit is going on with X Man? What time is he from? Whose kid is he really? Is he like yeah. what, what? What is he from the past? Is he from the future? Is he from all times? What?" His hair reminds me of Rogue. His hair is really bad. It's a bad version of yeah. Rogue's. Yeah. Um, he's like... 
I think they tried to make a new version of Cable and they just failed. Um, yeah. So his story was not only just really convoluted because like his story is he escapes from the apocalypse holding pins. But at the same time, he seems to vaguely remember n- nothing. He like he seems like he's not from this time. Yeah. That maybe he's a holdover from the other time, like same as Bishop. But again, he's really not. And his story seems to be that Mr. Sinister is is there. That's where Mr. Sinister went because he's trying to get X-Man, Nathan. But I I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going on with that story. It was one of the ones that was really hard for me to read. I yeah. would be like, just let me get through this so I can find out what's going on elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah. So it, it that one to me was one of the weaker ones. <clears throat> Excalibur. Well, and for me, I I I realized how uh, disjointed it felt. That felt to me because I I have a little notepad that I take notes on as I'm reading things. Oh, what and, a great um, idea! What a professional <laughs> and great idea. <laughs> and so I I literally have notes from all of the other issues on one page kind of like the hierarchy of where which characters show up when mm-hmm. and like what they're doing and stuff. And then I literally threw all of them, all of the stuff from X-Man on a separate sheet of paper. Because I'm like, I don't even know where they fit in. <laughs> I don't any of it. I don't get it. Yeah. Another one that was hard for me to really get into was Excalibur. I liked Nightcrawler, obviously, because I yeah, love Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Oh, I love... I, what'd you say? You don't like Nightcrawler? No, I love Nightcrawler. Yeah, I love him, but like the rest of the story going around it, like... Yeah. I just I don't know. I think the art was a little a little like muddy for lack of a better term. Like it was just kind of hard to distinguish between certain characters that weren't Nightcrawler. Yeah. And um it, it's it's a Warren Ellis book, so it's really like flowery. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> um I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it it didn't quite work for me, but well, and that has the Avalon storyline, right? Yeah, that's the, where the Avalon story is. Okay. So, I mean, I again, like, I understand its importance, and I it's one that I I don't really like. X Man. When I came up to X Man ones, I'm like, I could probably skip this and be fine, right? No one would even know if I skipped this. Yeah. Excalibur, I don't feel like skipping. I'm like, I'll, I'll read this because I want to know what's going to happen because I feel like something important is going to happen in this. But it's it's one that I, I feel like I don't like it because it, it takes a lot of effort to read it for me. Like yeah. I have to I, I have to force myself to care a little bit more than I do for some of the other titles. Okay. Yeah. So do you have anything else you want to to talk about as far as uh, Age of Apocalypse goes? Just more so that I really like the redesign of some of the characters. Again, like we talked about with. Uh, Cyclops especially. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I really like where they went with Sabretooth. Creed Sabretooth. Yeah. Um, I like his design a lot. Yeah. And Wild Child. I love Wild Child. Can't not like Wild Child. Um, I like, but I think... I, I wonder if I like Wild Child just because I had a... when If you bought the Sabretooth toy, it came with a little Wild Child. Yeah. And it came with like... God, I remember so much about these toys. And it came with, like, a little, like, chain and collar so that he could keep... So, he like, you could attach Wild Child to him. 
So like I thought he was a cool little little addition to the toy. I don't know anything about the character based on reading half of this series so far though. Yeah. Um, what else? I love Banshee and I like that he had more of a role. He I, does. He has a pretty good role. I, I like I like the Generation Next book in the sense that all of the characters seem to be dirtbags. <laughs> like yeah. they all seem to be like and again, I think that goes along with what I was saying, like, because these are actually the younger X-Men, yeah. the ones that aren't quite old enough to make the team. Yeah. So these are the ones that truly grew up when Apocalypse was in charge. So they're all just like cutthroat. Yeah. And Kitty Pride is um, a beast. Yeah. Kitty is like, they talk about a character redesign and, you know, like in regular X-Men, she's sweet and empathetic and cares about everyone. And this one, she'll she'll kill a bitch. She don't yeah. she don't care. Okay. Oh, I like the uh, kind of uh, they kind of mention it in passing kind of storyline with um, Wade and Domino and Damask. Oh, I might have missed that. Where where was that? I was wondering uh, where the hell Domino and Deadpool were. It was in Ex- Excalibur. Oh, okay. See yeah. again, I was probably not half. Re- I was not paying attention. <laughs> Well, because um, Damascus is telling Domino not to. She's messing with Wade. Wade is not on. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, he's like, like basically like a. Being tortured. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that now. She's messing with him. I did catch that yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because again, like what felt weird about that though is in 1995, Domino and Deadpool were pretty much like really new characters and really hot yeah. characters. Well, and they didn't even mention, they haven't mentioned Deadpool's name. They just keep calling him oh, Wade. Wade yeah, and but, if you don't know his messed up looking face, then you don't, you don't really it. know who he is. But, you know, that, that was definitely Deadpool. So it's weird to me, though, that they include them Yeah. in this this crossover. But I don't know if they'll have. Domino dies pretty quickly. Who does? Domino. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a little weird, but hey, it's a weird world we live in in this well, age of apocalypse. Like one of my favorite. Like random uh, character pairings that I, I appreciate is uh, the Bedlam Brothers who work yeah. under yeah. Uh, Sinister Cyclops and Havoc. Because mm-hmm. I keep wanting to call them the Bash Brothers yeah. from A Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they. Fair enough. Well, they do. They both like to fight with each other, mm-hmm. but more like to fight and team up against other people. So I kept calling them the Bash Brothers in my head, even though I know that's not what I'm reading. I don't blame you. So, yeah. I think overall the story is pretty good. I'm interested in finding out what happens, because again, I don't fully remember everything that happens. And this is my first foray into this. Oh, this is your first time reading? Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Some of them I read as individual issues, like back, way back when. Uh Uh-huh. it wasn't in the order that it's being suggested to read. Mm-hmm. So, like, I read Blink when it came out, but it wasn't. You mean back in two thousand one? Back in two thousand one. <laughs> I like Blink. I like Blink a lot as a character. Yeah. I think she's a cool character. I think. I think she's. I. I like that she's basically a purple nightcrawler with slightly different, yeah. like slightly more enhanced powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot about her backstory just because. Like, 
I wasn't really huge into comics around the time where she was getting a lot of like yeah. attention because she was in the X-Men back when back then but she was also she was a part of this age of apocalypse storyline yeah so i mean she was around all right so i mean i like the blink character she um as as chris just pointed out came out around like was created around the same time as this whole age of apocalypse thing happened according to wikipedia here she was first appeared in uncanny x-men number 317 which was in 1994 she was created by Scott Lobdell and Joey Mad. So she has a lot of her character definement in the Age of Apocalypse story. Mm-hmm. So again, like, I don't really know much about her after after this because I don't really remember seeing her a whole lot after this. I remember in the early 2000s seeing Blink a lot. Yeah. And I, I again, I, I like her. I like her her character. I like her character design. I like her powers a lot. I think she's got really cool powers. So I'm glad she's a part of this. And I think she's one of the more interesting ones to be a part of this, since she kind of like can hop between dimensions. Yeah. I think that's gonna go a long way for this particular book or series, I should say. I will find out. <laughs> we will find out soon. Okay, so before we get out of here, anything else you want to say about Age of Apocalypse or anything else you'd like to recommend? Um, not so much recommend. I'm just really interested to see how this goes because where we stopped, uh, Cyclops is kind of just becoming this good guy, and yeah. I want to see how it goes. Yeah, um, I thought that was a really good little cut. Like we stopped. It's a cut off. <laughs> yeah, you did. You picked a very good cutoff because, like, we stopped. Cyclops is becoming a good guy. Yeah, uh, Mystique just showed up in Excalibur, so Nightcrawler found his mom, mm-hmm. and she he wants her to lead him to Avalon. Um, yeah. In the X Man series, which neither of us really care about, but it's a good cutoff there too. He he's kind of torn between Forge and. Um, Mr. Sinister, who he doesn't realize is Mr. Sinister. They're both trying to get something out of him. Um, I think Sabretooth just died. Spoiler alert. And in the Generation Next one, we have Colossus getting very close to finding his sister, Ileana. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of, like, good little hanging points. Um, Yeah. So come back next time. Angel and I will finish the Age of Apocalypse story. Angel will have notes. I will hopefully have notes because I, I, how great would it be if we were both professional? <laughs> and yeah, that's it. Hey, Wikipedia helps. <laughs> Wikipedia did help. Um, for those listening, Wikipedia just helped a minute ago, but you won't know because I will edit it out. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the end of part one of our Age of Apocalypse tale come back i am hoping um probably about a week or two and we will have another another uh, age of apocalypse showdown yeah all right thanks yeah. for coming by hope everything hope you have a good Thank rest you. of your memorial day all right well that's our episode thank you for listening um, I know at the end of that little interview there, I just said that we'll be back in a couple weeks, but that's not true. Angel and I reconvened already, finished our discussion. So I'm going to go ahead and put part two of this episode up in a couple days. So 
See you soon then. Bye.